In this segment, we'll be discussing the second uh, set of uh, things and items and thoughts that I took from the article we read in the last segment about the German pastor that was uh, arrested and other European pastors who are being arrested and tried for sedition uh, simply for speaking out against homosexuality and how they were abandoned by their fellow pastors and denominations. We must now tackle a subject that may ruffle some feathers, but with the Bible being so clear on the subject, uh, we must discuss it. Slowly, acceptance and tolerance of homosexuality in the transgender movement has been creeping its way into the church, giving the devil the foothold he needs to wreak havoc on the church body. I want to start off by saying, disagreeing with their lifestyle and choices does not mean we should hate them, judge them, or treat them any differently. We must show them the love of God and use the Bible to teach them about what God thinks of their lifestyle and not from a holier-than-thou attitude or approach. This is where it gets tricky. As Christians, we are commanded in Mark 12.31, The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Which means that through showing them that God still loves them, and we are no better than them, for as said in Romans 3.23, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, and we must not fall into the trap of casting judgment upon them, for as previously mentioned, uh, Luke 6.42 shows Jesus saying, How can you think of saying, Friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye, when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. This all may seem like a very daunting task to approach the subject of the error of their ways without coming across as judgmental or as if we think we are somehow better than they are, or even without coming across as not liking them for their choices. We can disagree with them and still show them God's love, as Jesus proved so many times throughout his short life. 1 John 4, 9 is one of many such examples, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that He mu- so that we might have eternal life through him. This does not mean that as a church body we should falter into the trap of being wishy-washy on the subject of homosexuality, transgender, or any other part of the pride movement. The LGBTQ alphabet lifestyle is wrong, ungodly, and an outright sinful nature, falling under the flesh category that the devil uses so well to weave his lies. We should not condone such a lifestyle within the church and not allow these those in this lifestyle to be church members, elders, deacons, board members, or teachers of any sort. The church should also not perform same-sex marriages, no matter the cost. Cost. Let's discuss the cost for a second. One reason that churches and church members seem to use for allowing the sinful nature into their churches or fall into performing same-sex marriages is pressure from society and government threats. Governments have been working hard to remove churches' charitable status in Canada, Germany, and many other parts of the world. The fear is that this would decimate the church financially. It would harm the budget, bottom line, and that that is not in question. However, falling into the government threat trap, which comes from the devil, is showing a lack of faith. God will provide for us no matter what. We must not believe that and not falter in the faith. Um, 
Oh, we must believe that and not falter into the in the faith. We must see um, and take a look at so many examples of this exact thing throughout the Bible, from Adam and Eve to Abraham to Jacob to Isaac, Joseph, Moses, and again and again throughout the entire Bible. If losing a charitable status means losing a church building, do not let this discourage you. The early church did not gather in one building, but often gathered in smaller groups within church members' homes. In today's day and age, this is more possible than ever. With podcasts, video conferencing, and video services like YouTube, it enables so many more possibilities. Have faith. Trust that God will carry you through every trial, for as 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it, which applies to sin as much as it applies to the struggles in our lives. Though things may and will get tough for Christians going forward, and again, they will get tougher going forward for Christians. Uh, We can already see this happening in so many places throughout the world. God will provide and help us endure. We must remain true to our faith and beliefs so that we say in the, as is said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Now the tough love part. What does the Bible have to say about the lifestyle of homosexuality and the rest of the pride community? It is pretty clear, leaving no room for flip-flopping on the subject. For people choosing their gender that they feel they are rather than man or woman as God intended, we need to look at Genesis 1.27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This passage says nothing about choosing what sex you are. No, God created you a man or a woman and did not create you as both. Jesus reinforces this in Matthew 19.4. Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied. They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. This means that within the church body, there should not be any who claim to be any gender other than what God made them. Next, we look at homosexuality, which is again clearly covered in Genesis through the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis 19, homosexuality is one of the many sins mentioned as leading to the destruction of both cities throughout, through God's wrath. This is covered again in Leviticus 18.22. Do not practice homosexuality, having sex with another man or um, as with a woman. And this would apply to women as well. Uh, It is a detestable sin. And for those who believe the Old Testament does not apply to them these days, check 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1. Uh, You can start at verse 5. The goal of our instruction is the love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a sincere faith. Some have strayed from these ways and turned aside to empty talk. They want to be teachers of the law that they do not understand what they are saying or that which they so confidently assert. Now, we know that the law is good if one uses it legitimately. We realize that the law is not enacted for for the righteous, but for the lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinful. 
for the unholy and profane, for killers of father and mother, for murderers, for sexual, for the sexually immoral, for homosexuals, for slave traders, and liars and perjurers, and for anyone else who is averse in, to sound teaching, that agrees with the glorious gospel of the blessed God, with which I have been entrusted. This passage covers many sexual sins and other sins, but does not, but does also cover homosexuality, meaning that there is no room for budging on this subject. This passage does also provide instructions for us as Christians as to how to address these sins with love, a pure heart, and faith. God does not want us to show those living in these lifestyles our disdain or disrespect. He wants us to love them as our neighbors. He also wants us to instruct them in God's word, the Bible, pray for them, and to ultimately show that Jesus died for their sins as he died for all the world's sins. Through this approach, we can show that they are living in sin, but that we all sin, as mentioned in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which I mentioned before, so we are not any better than them. We have been set free from our sin through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, and we must have faith to be saved, as Galatians 2.16 says. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law, and we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our sin in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Showing God's love is the only way to reach those living in this lifestyle, to teach them how to live a godly life, one that pleases God and grants them salvation. In conclusion, this means that as a church, we must never back down in fear from living a godly lifestyle, uh, giving into the flesh, or giving into what society deems to be the new norm. Do not fear persecution as this makes us stronger, and as the New Testament points out in many places, we grow as Christians when we face challenges and struggles. Second Timothy 3.11 also says, You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, uh, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. This is Paul speaking about how God will rescue us from all our struggles and persecution in his time. However, we must be willing to die for our belief in Christ, never turning from what he teaches and never compromising on the Bible's commands and teachings. The world is leading towards being harder and harder for Christianity, and I'm sorry to say that things will not get better, as the time is coming when the devil will have full control. Do not fear this, but ask God for strength to carry you through, stand together with fellow believers, and prepare for tougher times that lay ahead. Also be ready, for the Lord is coming again. Our time of living in glory is coming. Teach others so that they may experience glory and joy for themselves. Teach with love and humility. Stand firm in God as brothers and sisters in Christ.